Hey now, this is just a top of the episode reminder to go onto patreon.com slash house of decline, H-A-U-S of decline, in order to get more comics, more bonus episodes of the podcast. Also, you can go to store.houseofdecline.com to get prints. Also, houseofdecline.com to get everything you need. Bump that traffic up. We'll start putting ads back there. It's going to be Web 1.0 again. We can make all of our money off of weird, obnoxious banner ads. It's going to be great. You love weird, obnoxious banner ads, don't you? It's not going to be pop-up ads where it's like this inscrutable browser game where you're like a muddy woman who says, you know, oh, try to flirt with this guy. And then he like farts on your face for two seconds. And then you lose a bunch of coins. And then you have another choice of like, you have to assassinate a baby or don't assassinate the baby. And then you don't do it. And then you get a lot of cash. You get, you get like diamonds. You yeah, know? You so it's not going to be one of those. You get some really cool cash at uh, houseofdecline.com. Um, Excellent cash. You know, we send you personalized cash. So there's we have our own uh, currency, cryptocurrency, but it's, of course, mm-hmm. actually someone else's that we have to steal. But it's very mm-hmm. easy to steal this stuff we've heard. Um, so we're looking for a guy who can help us steal Housecoin, which mm-hmm. right now is a real estate agent company who've made some kind of weird real estate cryptocurrency so we're going to steal that and turn it into we've declared war on mm-hmm. this uh real estate company basically you yeah. can do that with companies it's called like you can do that yeah it's called like corporation hostile uh takeover yeah but really really hostile takeover like with airline and missiles <laughs> <laughs> um uh, you have Phil Anselmo going, I can't do a good Phil Anselmo impression. Um, I'm sure it sounded good. It clipped way out because, uh, you, um, know, yeah. you know. Anyway. Yeah, I was doing a Phil Anselmo impression. He's a loud guy. He's a loud, He would do the most hostile takeover. Imagine him Dan, on a... Dimebag. Imagine him on hmm? a Zoom call, and he all he's just... <laughs> he talks the way he sings. Wack! <laughs> 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 Let us circle back to the beginning of the middle. I can't do a good fill in. I don't. I don't really know what. Uh, well, he screams more. It's like <laughs> yeah, screams. you're right. I'm. I'm just doing James Hetfield. You should do I'm an doing... actual scream on the on the podcast. No, no, don't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's going to sound great. Yeah, we should go to it. Yeah, yeah. So, so in the news lately, there's been the FTX. Cryptocurrency exchange run by Sam Bankman Fraud, as I like to call him now. Yeah, Sam. No, Sam Bank. Sam Bankman Freed, which is just a hilarious, <laughs> hilarious name. Yeah, they. they uh, he might as well have been called like Sam. Sam Elder Protocol Society or something whoa, like that. Whoa, going going to that area. I'm Jewish, that, so I can say I want to that. remind all the users that I'm a Jew. I was circumcised. I had no say in it. They took my boy. They took my boy. <laughs> they took <laughs> no, the no. sheath. They didn't take your boy. They took the sheath. It's they took fine. the sheath. It's rigged. fine. Just it's, more, it's more um, aerodynamic. Look, I got scabs all over my scabbard, <laughs> is what I'm telling you. It's like, without without the without the foreskin there, it's just scabbing up all the time. Can, I'm just getting can, so many cuts on my penis. You can move much more quickly through the air, thrusting. <laughs> It's much more aerodynamic, exactly. absolutely. Without that foreskin flopping in the wind, it's like a, a catching catching the wind, like, like a, a wind parachute. sock. Yeah, it's like a little parachute yeah. that inflates when you run. <laughs> when you run, yeah, fast. If, if you're running too fast, you flare out your foreskin in order to slow down. And go, <laughs> 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 it catches, it catches it. You expand, uh, or everyone's, you know, everyone has dreamed of putting uh, hot air underneath their foreskin, catching it like a balloon. And you know, floating up into the stratosphere, you can, and then colliding with another foreskin yeah, balloonist. You can do it with a bike pump, <laughs> inflating your foreskin, tying your foreskin around a fi- bike pump, and inflating your foreskin. Yeah, you, it works, and you can you can float pretty far. Um, <laughs> I've done it. You can you can float pretty far. So uh, you you need to have a really the best thing to do is a basket to put mm-hmm. yourself in, so you don't get tired. Absolutely, because um, you will get tired otherwise. But if, not if you ha- attach, if you sit in a basket and no. just kind of hold on, you have to put handles inside the basket. Um, it's a really good method of travel. Bruce Dickinson, uh, the Iron Maiden lead singer, that's like the way he goes around. 
Yeah, he's like, I got my pilot's license, and ironically, all I wanted to do was inflate my scrotum and float around the world, bringing joy. <laughs> yeah, well, you can attach like you a little... A little... inflate my scrotum! Hell and fire! <laughs> you put a little pro- propeller on it, and then that's why he needed his pilot's right, license. Yeah. And he's got the, the goggles on, and he's got... Right. Other goggles on the on the inflated scrotum. Although we were inflating the um, uncircumcised skin, yeah. that's what we were originally inflating. Right. Yeah. Well, they said I needed a propeller, but what I've actually learned to do is use jet propulsion with my farts. <laughs> <laughs> He's farting. That's the old. That's the old when a moth farts joke that uh, George Carlin, where the moth is flying erratically and then it flies in a straight line when it farts because mm. it, it it is using the concept of jet propulsion. Hey, hey, I hope you like a little jet propulsion with your comedy, okay? There's not a lot of jet propulsion comedy out there. How smart uh, did George Carlin have to be to um, write at those jokes? Where would you rank him in terms of smart guys? It goes, it goes Vladimir Lenin, John Lennon, Vladimir Lenin again. Love that guy. Great guy. And then... Then it goes Taylor Swift. Then it goes George Carlin. Taylor Swift is very... What many people don't understand about Taylor Swift is she's very smart. And for me, it's the same list, but for number four, Taylor Swift again. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's double smart again. So it's Lennon, Lennon, It's Lennon, Lennon, John Lennon. Lennon, Lennon, Lennon. Swift, Swift. No, Swift, Carlin, Swift. Swift, Swift, Carlin, Swift. Okay. I see, I see. Right, yeah. Cool. Uh, That's a good... That's our top... Top six smart guys. Yeah, top six smart guys ever on the planet. Yeah, that's a that's a big <laughs> list. We won't we won't go into explainers. We need to generate more of these lists. Um, let's uh, let's think of the top six smart guys that haven't been exist in, uh, existed yet. Haven't been existed you know? yet. Damn. That haven't been existed yet. Like uh, like Pan Wallace. That's yep. his name. He's the smartest guy in the world. Pan Wallace. He's so smart. He figured out a cure for the common. Uh, uh, dick rot. What you know? The there, cur- everyone was suffering from common dick rot. It was shucking that big old bar down with your teeth, <laughs> and that's what he said to the earth. He went on a big old PA announcement: "Is if you got the common dick rot, just suck that big old boy down with your teeth. You know, use your, the little <laughs> suckers in your teeth." Um. So the cure is to suck in that big boy down with your sucking teeth. that big old boy down with your teeth you know that's that's what a lot of people don't understand is the cure for a lot of stuff it, it's it's like uh norepinephrine there's lots of house episodes where house is like oh i'm i'm an angry loner who's like i i'm filled with knowledge i'm one of the smartest fictional guys who hasn't existed yet and i'm i'm all misanthropic and i'm taking a lot of vikes Doing mm. a lot of Vikingites, as we call them. And you know what the cure for this rare disease is? It's sucking that big old boy down with your teeth. You know, um, <laughs> it's, that's okay. it. Okay, so how about uh, a representative from the superhero department is maybe um, is maybe Superman? One of Superman's the, su- the smartest superhero. There's is no he? superhero that's smarter. Is he smarter? What do you think about yeah. this? What do you think about the news that Henry Cavill has left The Witcher? Because um, they didn't do right by him, <laughs> and they and they've replaced him with a a Helmsworth, I believe. They've replaced him with a Helmsworth brother, yeah. Um, uh, they've replaced him with Meal Helmsworth, <laughs> Medium Helmsworth, um, Medium Helmsworth, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Helmsworth clones keep breaking down. Uh, who do you think is Hemsworth Prime? Do you think Chris Hemsworth is Hemsworth Prime or one of the other Hemsworth brothers? I, I like Neil. Neil he- Neil Hemsworth. Yeah. There's a there. We're already treading on uh, uh, on worn ground in the good place. The wonderful Michael Schur NBC sitcom The Good Place. There's a joke about the lost Hemsworth brother about Jamila Jamil. The wonderful, wonderful Jamila Jamil. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> you, you, so, so we we've been trying to get Stephen followers on Twitter by reposting old viral uh, funny posts. Oh yeah, we and, are. Yeah, we are. And uh, we posted the one where the guys, <laughs> the cocky teenage Latina. It's the Ducktales. It's the Ducktales clip, and some some pundit on the internet is, look at this cocky female Latina, this cocky teenage Latina who's about to destroy your fragile ego with a look. A classic post. Just, I don't know what makes it so funny. I, I guess it's that adults liking cartoons is already fairly, you know, like, eh, you tap down your enthusiasm a little bit. <laughs> it's a little, you know, you should you should be talking about uh, in, in 401ks, man, <laughs> not DuckTales, man. No, far be it from me to police the cartoon viewing habits of adults. I, I watch many cartoons in well, my adult life, but uh, I bet Mr. Bankman was a, a heavy adult cartoon user. Oh yeah, you think uh, he was a big cartoon guy? He gives off the vibes of an adult cartoon enjoyer. Let me just of say, like an Adventure Time guy. Yeah, Sam guy Bankman. Way too into Adventure Time. Sam Bankman Freed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this guy. He's younger than us. He's thirty years old. Okay, so he gave a meeting once where the entire meeting time he was playing League of Legends. <laughs> this is a cartoon man. Okay, mm -hmm. this is what you would call a uh, an a cartoon enjoyer, if you will. Cartoon man, <laughs> come together with your hands. Yeah, um, it it's a uh, it, it boggles my mind that I was like throwing up from anxiety at my emails job and people can do something like they can do fraud at the highest levels billions of dollars worth of fraud and just keep going uh w when all of the signs are are pointing to get out of this as much as possible uh, well, or that I you're believe, not equipped for this i believe he said that the customer accounts were mislabeled somehow <laughs> sure sure oh darn uh, you're too busy playing league of legends to label right Darn. Yeah, he should have been playing a less time-consuming game, like Katamari Damacy. You can finish that in two hours. You can? But you replay yeah, it a bajillion times. Yeah, you replay it. You re But it's like, uh, it's a game that does not have as much of an addictive hold on you because yeah, it's so... You, you know, you want to live in that world, and then you continue playing it for... <laughs> I do want to live in the Katamari world. <laughs> that would be a great world to live in, being potentially... Rolled up by a giant sticky ball and then set on fire um, and turned into a star. I watched two movies this weekend. Uh, okay. That start with the letters N and O. Okay. I watched The North Man and I watched Nope. Okay. And they're the, basically, to me, they're basically the same movie. Okay. What, why are they the same movie? They're about the exact same thing. Um, people dying. <laughs> that's that's it, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Schindler's List and The Northman, same movie. Actually, Schindler's List isn't about people dying. It's about people living, Stephen. Um, well, uh, something that was funny is The Northman also does day for night in a lot of the shots. So, As elegantly as Nope was able to do it? Or? I don't know. I can't judge. I, I'm on my TV. It's a big blurry mess. I can't judge. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> you said Alexander Skarsgård has bad posture. In oh it? yeah, terrible. He's walking like around like a hunchback the whole time. What's the deal with that? <laughs> uh, it is back in the day when in Sweden we had. I, I'm not doing <laughs> no. A good that's Swedish right. Voice. That's exactly right. Keep going. It's back in the day when Sweden we had. Ooh. In True Blood, so I watched all the True Blood recently, and Alexander Skarsgård's character in that is called Eric Northman. Right, and now he's just, playing this, now, he, he's just, now he's just the he's Northman. Just Northman now. He's just Northman. <laughs> he's gonna be just man. He's gonna be North. So they're gonna remake the terrible movie North, and it's gonna star Alexander Skarsgård. Um, um, Alexander Skarsgård. Did you watch? I am that? going to avenge my father. Did you watch that Northman one? Did you watch? That? I didn't see the Northman one. It's free on Prime now. Interesting. I've heard people criticize it, saying that it's uh, it's not Eggers' best. No, it's it's sort of flat and visually uninteresting compared to the the Vivich or or the Lighthouse. Yeah, is but what it's I've heard not just the Lighthouse, but it's I would say equal to the Witch. Um, oh, I really like The Witch. I, that that's that's a big movie. Hey, it's for got, me. listen, it's got Bjork. Okay, it's got okay. Uh, Nicole Kidman. It's got Ethan Hawke. Okay, it's got some good actors. 
is God. Are, are they all doing like Norse accents, or are they are is is like Nicole? I'm Nicole Kidman. Yeah, she's I'm, doing. I'm a Northman. I'm a North woman. She's doing like a like an Irish thing. Yeah, I don't know. Did she turn? Did she turn to the camera and say, "We the Northmen love the movies. We love going to the movies." <laughs> it's crazy how much they break the fourth wall in both the Northmen and in Nope. Um, yeah. In the Northmen, they're always like, can you believe we are crazy Vikings? Can you believe we are crazy-ass Vikings? Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so the Northmen's silly, I would say. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of like how Nope is silly. I mean, basically, they're, like, about the same. Like, okay, so there's a big bad guy in Nope, and there's a big bad guy in Northmen. And they both mm-hmm. go and just inflict damage on people who try to hold them off. Yeah. And in the end, um, a similar thing. A similar end to both, so mm-hmm. they're the same movie. I like same nope. movie, absolutely. Nope was uh, funnier. Definitely had some more funny mo- moments, um, particularly when she says, "I knew he was going to bring the non-electric video camera." Yeah, uh, that was very funny. I was laughing. And then long. they start doing the sibling, the sibling <laughs> slap, and yeah, that's that. A lot of people cite that as the movie. What I like about Nope too, and what I I I think like a lot of horror movies. Uh, sometimes get wrong is like a lot of horror movies don't spend time on asking us why should we like these characters why should we fear for these characters safety um and you know it's moments like that that humanize them that really make movies like no better for me in terms of like feeling the actual peril and danger of the situation because i don't want these characters to die Mm -hmm. where it's like i was watching your next the other day which is a great movie but you f- don't feel a lot of stakes in it because it's shown that like a lot of the characters are just assholes. Mm-hmm. You know, it, the one character who you do like is the one uh, who survives. And you know, sorry for spoilers for your next. Sorry about it. Is that a recent movie? I never heard of it. No, nah, it's from like 10, 10 years, eight, oh, okay. ten years ago. Okay. Um, but or it was the same with bodies, 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 which I watched uh, earlier. Where it's like it's hard to experience the fear of the situation because it's set up and very deliberate that all of these characters are unlikable assholes so it's like why should i like i if i can't relate to these people or picture myself in them i can't really experience that that peril and thus i'm not afraid i'm just sort of like a casual observer watching murder which is you know um I guess that's an interesting question. Does a character have to be likable for you to feel fear of their death, you know, in a movie? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Probably not. Probably not in every case. I would say there's a couple of cases where you can have somewhat unlikable sort of anti-hero protagonist and still have the audience members live vicariously through them, which is how they would experience fear. Because yeah. it's like you, if you like the characters then you put yourself in their shoes more, so then you've have a, a sort of a visceral low level reaction that your body has at least besides mental fear. Um, yeah. I, I, I mean, just, a counter example to what I'm thinking of yeah. is in drag me to hell, the character, the, your main character is supposed to be set up as kind of unlikable because she, the, the first thing she does is deny a bank loan extension to a woman and forecloses on her house at a bank. And, you know, this is right after the financial crisis happened. So this was like, a big sign of evil in everyone's minds. And it, it, you, you set up this character to do something bad, but it's like, a. but the thing about that is like, it's just like, it's a regular bad thing. It's something that you could see yourself doing on like a particular day when you're like not focusing or like you're, you're not feeling particularly moral or you're not feeling particularly courageous to take on what society wants you to do. So uh, you are punished for that. We're in like a movie like Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. These characters are like, um, they, they're they not even like regular bad. They're like unusually particularly annoying mm. or unlikable, which is sort of what strips a lot of the tension away from that movie. And I thought Bodies, Bodies, Bodies was okay, but it's just I didn't feel tension because it's like it's funny to watch these people get killed. It's not scary to watch these people get killed. Um, and maybe it was going for that. Maybe I misinterpreted that, but, uh, that, that was for me. It was also, uh, an, another recent, uh, Midsommar. In Midsommar, I found it to be much more comedic because of how, like, petty and unlikable all of the American characters are. Like, a, a lot of people saw Midsommar as this, I, I saw it intentionally as more of a comedy, 
because it's these Americans who are being punished for all of these minor transgressions. These very small acts of like they don't even think about uh, yields death for them for their lack of respect. So I, I think that there is a sort of comedy to that, to that uh, oversized reaction to something small. It's like that Mel Brooks quote, tragedy is when I cut my finger. Comedy is when someone falls into an open sewer and dies because of, you know, the extremity, the mismatch of what you expect from reality. There is a comedic element to it. So what do you, what do you, and this is in relation to Nope, though, where it's just... Uh, well, this is in relation to Nope, which I think balances his mm. comedic elements with its, like, mm-hmm. it, it, its ability to evoke true peril by allowing you to inhabit these characters that Wait. have some element were of, you, like, ability. Were you really scared of that thing? Were you really scared of that thing? I I, yeah, I, I think Jean Jacket, like, especially at the end, is very, is, like, a very, fr- I don't, I didn't want OJ to die. I did not want... Yeah, Kiki Palmer. I forget her character's name today. Um, M. I, M. Yeah, I didn't want. I didn't want M to die. Yeah, I. I. I was invested in the tension of the movie, uh, because these the, like. Well, Kiki. It's amazing that Kiki Palmer never had like a starring turn before this in anything but a Disney vehicle because she's like she's got it. She's got it, baby. She's got that that quality. You know, I oh, see big okay. things for her in I'm, the future. Yeah, so it's so crazy if someone who was in Disney stuff could get a role and become more famous. It's, I never heard of that before. <laughs> it's, it's nuts. That's, it's that's nuts wild. that that should ever happen. That's never <laughs> happened before. Um, no, but I'm just saying it should have happened sooner. It's, it's so crazy it's, that that happened. It's, it's crazy. It's nuts that that happened. You, yeah, um, you tell me an actor went from Disney to mainstream? And well, sometimes that doesn't always work out. Oh, oh yeah, I'm, uh, we are aware. And we put, unfortunately, we are not aware of the current whereabouts of one Shia LaBeouf. He has escaped yet again. Uh, Shia LaBeouf has escaped the, 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 the compound. Imagine if you lived in a town and it's like, oh, God, Shia LaBeouf escaped from the mental hospital. And he's like, <laughs> it's like Michael Myers. He's just stalking people. He's setting, just... up, he's setting up video cameras all over town being like, I am. I am Truman. I'm on the Truman show. <laughs> he's, he's self-Trumaning. Yeah. Uh, I like the idea of uh, him just leaving a perfectly Shia LaBeouf shaped silhouette Listen, as he escaped from the mental imagine, hospital. Imagine your memories are just you can't tell where even Stevens begins and where even Stevens ends. <laughs> Okay. He's millennium actressing, but for Ethan Stevens, he's Sunset Boulevarding, but for I am Lewis Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's going to turn into for him. He he kidnaps uh, Christy Carlson Romano. You are my sister. You are my sister. You are also Kim Possible. You are also Kim Possible. <laughs> How is that? That is Kim Possible. In my mind, it is Kim Possible. Um. Uh, Shia LaBeouf, weird guy. I'd love to ask him about what his thoughts on Kim Possible. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he has formal thoughts on Kim Possible? We should Possible? get him on the show. Uh, I, I think we could. I think he'd be game to do it. He seems like one of those guys that where you could just email him. Okay, uh, well, well, we are going to get our um, producer working on that. Yeah, we're gonna get her. Cra- I can't. I can't be even bothered to book people who I know on Twitter. <laughs> like, why? Why am I? Um. Well, we'll get our producer up your ass about that. We'll, sure. We'll set a fire in your ass about that. We will. Yeah. Uh, our our producer who is. Oh, let me check my notes. I. I he's pretty new, so I have Shia LaBeouf. Whoa! <laughs> and he's he's behind the board going woohoo woohoo like Daffy Duck, jumping up and down. Yeah. You know, smashing. Doing domestic abuse, smashing yeah. a lot of places. Dude, he's too. like a he's like a wild animal. He's got to be broken. Yeah, you have to. We need to. We need to tame him like Jean Jacket. We That's need to right. break Shia LaBeouf like Jean Jacket. Well, so in Northman, the guy, Eric Northman. <laughs> Eric Northman. <laughs> yeah, from True Blood. Yeah, he is inflicting damage, and they think it's like a demon. So the, the 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 similarity is like there's Jean Jacket is like basically a demon could as well be a demon who knows where it came yeah. from. Some people say it's a UFO, but Jean Jacket could have just risen out from hell, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so Northman is going around killing people, sucking them up into his own personal tornado. There you go. It's just like that. He's he's so Jean Jacket's like a big asshole. 
Yeah. And there's the famous there's the famous Vor scene in the Northman. They should have called it the Vorthman. <laughs> there's there's uh, no Vor scene, is there? There's it's the Vor it's the famous Vor scene where he's taking his enemy and is going, I shall shove you entirely up my ass. <laughs> he's he's just shoving him entirely up his ass and, and the and the ass viking is flailing as good Oh no! Oh no, I have been captured by Eric Northman. Oh jeez. Now I'm entirely inside his asshole, and he's compressing me. He's compressing me with his tough Viking assholes. Well, he must do a lot of kegels. And Eric Northman is like, yes, I do a lot of kegels. I can hear your voice inside my asshole. It is resonating. I, I don't know why I'm doing a French accent. No, that's what he sounds like. It sounds exactly <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, it's a weird movie, I would say. Um it's got Bjork. Did I mention that? Yeah, it Bjork. has Bjork in it. One, one of the great Bjork movies, Bjork. like Dancer in the Dark. Yeah, she's great. She's great. Uh, but yeah. I could do anything when you have Bjork. Everything is available to you. Do you know that a poem could be a song? Do you know that a volcano could be a song? And we have lots of volcanoes in Iceland. Well, is she a witch in the movie? Does she talk yeah. like that? Yeah, she's basically. Of course, like she's a, a fucking witch, a witch in the movie. Um, the thing to remember about the Northmen is it's just like a bunch of bullshit that they made up. That didn't actually, none of that stuff actually happened? Well, it's not, it's not even that it didn't happen. It's that it's not based on anything that is like, goes back at all. Like there's like sagas and shit they could have made a movie about. They could have made a movie out of like an actual ancient writing, but it's just shit that the director and the producer made up one day, so. Yeah. It's too bad we don't have, like, uh, the last version of Beowulf was that weirdo um, motion capture one by mm. Robert Zemeckis. Mm -hmm. Or they all have glassy eyes. Because I'd like to see, like, a really, a really, like, good version of Beowulf with, like, uh, uh, I did, did you see the David Lowery movie, The Green Knight? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's another director who people sort of clown for his pretensions exceeding his actual ability. Uh, but I thought uh, the Green Knight worked. I thought it had a lot of atmosphere. Yeah, it works. Uh, no, it definitely works. It's making a movie for English majors is hard, though. <laughs> you know, they're very picky. Yeah, they're gonna be very picky. So, uh, but yeah. Well, wait. English majors is mm -hmm. that who that movie was for? Oh yeah, that's who do you think are the only people who know what that poem is? I know. I. Kids generally know what I had all the Arthurian legends read to me as a kid. You didn't? Uh, not really. No, they didn't read to me. They did not read to me the Arthurian <laughs> legends. They what? What legends did you were this, you read to instead? Um, different legends like who controls the media. Oh, okay. So you just had the anti-Semitic <laughs> upbringing. You just I had the your, the classic anti-Semitic yeah. uh, education. Right. Who who. Uh, uh, who controls the car dealerships? Uh, who yeah, <laughs> that's a new one. I haven't heard the Jews control the car dealerships yet. That, that'd be funny. You start accusing the Jews of just uh, something that they don't control. Yeah, who runs? The you know, malls. you know who's all. You know who plays? Uh, who dominates basketball? The Jews. <laughs> yeah. You no. know who's always? You know who's always dominating hip hop? The Jews. They control. Well, I guess that one is part of the actual conspiracy. I mean, I, that they... I learned some, uh, you know, I had some Arthurian shit, but I don't know. And my mom was an English major, so yeah, I was aware of, like, Gawain and the Green Knight, but most people are not. Most people you get... Are you saying if you went up to a person on the street and asked them, who was Gawain? I'd say they'd probably say, say "What is that like Gawain's world?" Is what they'd say. Yeah, be because like, they're Philistines who they only know Gawain's world. <laughs> yeah, they may be mad at you, but I would say only like twenty-five percent of people would know who uh, what the Gawain and the Green Knight is. Right? Okay, maybe less. Like if you if you ask people to to describe the contours of the Gawain and I the mean, Green Knight story, if if you wrote a, if you made even if you made a movie called Don Quixote, most people will not go see it. Yeah, well, you, unless you spelled it like Donkey Hote, like yeah. like Donkey, because then they will think it's about Donkey Kong or well, something. Then, and then then the movie slowly turns into like a movie with Jack Black voicing an animated donkey. Yeah, 
and it's called Don Quixote, and then yeah, he's a donkey. What it, and it loosely it's the follows. donkey. It's the donkey that Sancho Panza rode on. Okay, it's the burrow, and so he's Don Quixote, and you know it's from his perspective. But uh, see, we're writing a DreamWorks movie right now, and Jack Black is like. I'm a crazy donkey. There's never been an animated donkey in movies before. Wagga, wagga, wagga. That's my Jack Black catchphrase. And this is exactly what Jack Black sounds like. Yeah. He's a, he's a man of a million voices. You know, that's what they call him. Yes, um, that's... But his primary of, thing is being a voice actor. Speaking yes. of voice acting, there was a death in the voice acting community. Very sad about Kevin Conroy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely very sad about it. it. It was funny. Gallagher died the same day. And you know, all these all these heartfelt outpourings for Kevin Conroy as many people saying, ah, this is the voice that defined my childhood. This is, you know, everything to me. And, 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 and Gallagher getting all of these parody, all of these parody memorials. Yeah. <laughs> you know, not, no one really had an emotional experience someone, with Gallagher. Yeah. The only thing I saw was someone tweeting out a picture of the midsummer guy with the hammer being like, Gallagher died. Yeah. And being like, but, oh, they smashed him with his, they smashed his body with a hammer. Is that what you mean? Is that what your funny eulogy is? Yeah. This was a man. I mean, Gallagher was also like very conservative and like, I think nearing the end of his life, very homophobic and, yeah. and you know, he was also you know, just horrible alcoholic drunk at most of his shows <laughs> there was a incident um that has been kind of covered up where he hit many people with the hammer and with the, the hammer yeah he, he was braining them yeah he he broke many skulls that night yeah he was also like a big dark souls fan so he was you know he was he was imagining it as dark souls he was because and there's a because there's a lot of charge up to the hammer you know he was left he was left uh, on his flank, uh, undefended. You know, so if, if people had been dodge rolling, they would have been able to get to him that day and you know do some, do some uh, backstab damage. No one, no one wanted to do any backstab damage on Gallagher. He was using this heavy ass weapon. He had a very high, he had very high strength, but very low intelligence. I'm sorry, I've been playing a lot of Elden Ring, so that's how I'm seeing the world. Our is Elden, Elden thing. I should back um, on my Elden thing. I should uh, pick it back up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe I will uh, later tonight. Uh, I have had some time at night after bedtime because I declared a moratorium on cleaning or doing the dishes or doing anything. They're piling up stacks of disgusting filth in every corner of my house. Mm-hmm. It's November and it's winter now. It got cold. It got did it get? extremely cold oh yeah it's very cold up here yeah we just got our first snowfall today oh some little specks of snow coming down yeah we got some specks too here's one thing about kevin conroy Mm -hmm. here's what i will say about kevin conroy i there is a quality that some people have some voice actors too where their voice is just incredibly soothing you know they just have that they just have it they have the timbre where it is like you can hear this voice and instantly you are put at ease. You know, a lot of people say that about Morgan Freeman or somebody like that, that he is one of those yeah. soothing, gentle voices. Ron DeSantis. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I can't even picture what he sounds like in my head. In my head, he sounds like Ted Cruz. He's I'm a, Ron DeSantis. He's a very soothing timbers. I'll try to find a, uh, a clip of Ron DeSantis. Very, yeah. very beautiful speaking voice. I'm, I'm sure he's uh, he is the pretender to the Trump throne. Here we go. Here it's, we go. Uh, even Ben Garrison has stopped uh, drawing Trump as buff. Here's a Ron DeSantis quote. Uh, held the line. A lot of clapping. Lot we of... chose facts over fear. We chose education over indoctrination. So, yeah, beautiful timbre, very beautiful Florida voice, beautiful Florida accent. We we chose facts over fear. We chose indoctrination. Uh, It's okay to view a few lines of cocaine. It's okay to do some cocaine when you're running for president. Everyone's saying now how much they like this guy. Uh, I guess so. It, it seems like there's this bi- there's this uh, movement in Republican media to have him be the new Trump. He's mm-hmm. like Trump, but he's like respectable and shit. You know, he's not. He he has actual 
cultural governance bona fides, you know. Uh, so there's been this push by the elite media, the elite Republican media, to have a, a less volatile version of, of the thing that carried them to victory in 2016. Yeah, you think he's uh, going to win? What do you think? This is, we're in po- political corner now. Well, he, he the thing about DeSantis is the midterms. We were talking about this earlier. Is is a, a lot of people have been saying about the midterms is uh, and something that I basically agree with is that the the plan for transphobia is the big issue. This big transphobia issue. Um, a lot of people ran on it, and a lot of people lost. Be not exclusively because of it, but it was a part of why people lost. It, it's just like um, it's a wedge issue that makes you look awful and insane. You know, even if you're like a person who is uh, mildly transphobic, the way these people take it, you know, is is a turnoff, I think, to like the average voter uh, who yeah, actually I can't predict whether the average voter is. Tra- Do you think the average voter is transphobic or not? In America, the average yeah. voter. Yes, yeah. I would say yes. Yeah. So. So but even uh, to these people, I think, you know, the line that people were taking uh, a lot of Republican candidates were taken was even too extreme for these people because at some point you just start evidencing your lack of humanity when you rail against uh, a hate, an, an object of hate uh, like this for too long. Because uh, I, I, it's like, it's weird how like, uh, it's it's also antithetical to what I, uh, the, the Republican image of themselves uh, in the boys, they had one of the conservative characters. Uh, there, there was the thing in the television show, the boys where one of the conservative characters was this sort of nerdy soy looking guy. And, and the conservative fans of the boys that love Homelander were like, Oh, this conservative nerdy looking guy, he doesn't represent conservatives. But what's funny is he looks exactly like Matt Walsh. Mm. <coughs> okay. It's weird. This sort of like this sort of, uh, uh this, Transphobia that they seem to evidence is, or that they seem to put forth is, uh, I don't know, whiny in this way, way that is this huge, it's it's obsessive Helen Lovejoy-esque, think of the children, think of the children, which to, I think, a normal person is a huge fucking turnoff, right? Am I wrong about that? Am I, am I tea leaf reading incorrectly? I have no idea, because I didn't really hear about this issue in the yeah. media that I read, so... But it works for DeSantis. Like he ran a lot on this transphobia. He's he's like leading the charge across the country on were, transphobia. I thought they were running on like the the everything costs too much platform. That's what I uh, thought they were running on. I'm I think it, it, that that's part of it. Gas is too high. But the other part of it is uh, you know they're grooming your kids. And Ron DeSantis is the like the number one. They're grooming your kids guy in America. Mm. He's like mm-hmm. he's carrying that line, and it's a like a big line in Florida too. It's it, it, it's a very popular position in Florida, more so than it, it appears any other state. Um, so I what a lot of people have been saying is that the GOP are making a mistake betting on DeSantis because it's like assuming the entire country is like Florida. Right. Yeah. Well, Florida's very got a lot of old codgers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just also very anomalous. It's like, uh, it's hard to know. It's hard to know where they'll go. They have specific issues that they care about in Florida that separate them from the rest of the country. Um, I mean, also, they just have a reliably conservative base in, like, the, the Cuban population as well that's uh, virulently anti-communist. So that is another part of the Florida coalition that just does not manifest anywhere else in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh so, yeah, I, I I don't know. I think DeSantis is also he's just he doesn't he doesn't have it. You know what I'm saying? Herschel Walker has more it than DeSantis has it. And Herschel Walker is a big fucking disaster. But in terms of like star quality, the thing that you sort of want out of a politician, the thing that that elusive form of charisma, I don't think DeSantis has it. I think they can he can get buttery enough to. To shine, I think he can be buttered up enough. You, know? you think you should, we just need to grease the boy up? We just need to roll him in a bunch of hog. <laughs> I think he needs to be a little greasier. You know, just kind of. <laughs> ooh, uh, makes me start shivering to think about that in a good way. 
in terms of our midterm predictions that we made last episode, we I, were both yeah. right about Vance. I was. I was right about Fetterman. About Fetterman, and I may be right about Warnock still. Uh, yeah, let's hope. Let's hope so because he is a much better candidate than Herschel Walker. He's a much better. I'd rather Warnock for whatever flaws he has. Well, he got almost uh, a percentage point more votes, so I'm confident. I yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's going to end up for him, but. It's funny how he may have been dragged down by Stacey Abrams' poor performance. People really do not like Stacey Abrams in Georgia. Yeah. Because they see her as sort of like someone that has federal uh, aspirations. Well, she did a weird thing in 2018. When did she run for governor last? I don't remember. The last time she ran for governor, she like refused to accept the results. And it was a weird thing. It was kind of weird. Yeah. That was a weird thing to do. The Democrats didn't want to talk about that very much because of other election denial, but she's done some election denial herself, which is a little weird. Make I think that is a reason <clears throat> some people, some people who might vote for a Democrat for Senate would not vote for her. I think I I would almost compare her to DeSantis in in the way that she's sort of pushed by the elite Democrat media is in the same way that. DeSantis is pushed by the elite Republican media. The difference is DeSantis actually wins elections. So uh, what are you going to do? Mm. Uh, yeah, but I don't know anything about politics. If you listen to this show for my political opinion, don't. <laughs> it's Or, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Here's what a, here's what a cartoonist thinks about American politics. Here's, here's what a guy that makes penis cartoons. Yeah. Oh, Alex, you shouldn't denigrate yourself like that. You have opinions. You're kind of a smart guy. No, I'm not. I just hear you can just parrot stuff other people say. It's, it's easy. Try it. You don't have to have thoughts of your own. Just go on Twitter.com and go to a, go to a Twitter guy <coughs> who knows who who will say pund, pundit stuff. Well, according to and the it, New York Times, Kim Jong-un is doing great. Um, he's doing fantastic. fantastic. He's doing really well. How so? Well, he sees new opportunities uh, to to leverage tension between okay. the United States and China and the United States and Russia, and this is great for him. Mm-hmm. So, I think I think Russia's buying a ton of stuff from North Korea right now, and Russia will basically do anything North Korea wants because they need weapons and shit. And so North Korea is mm-hmm. doing great. I'm happy for them. It's it's a golden age under Kim Jong Un. People doubted him, Seriously. but he really, he's stepping up. He's, he's doing, stepping up. He took the uh, crown. What do they wear? What do they have? <laughs> he took he took over at a very young age, and it was not a sure thing, and he was going to remain in power. So um, the first successful millennial leader. There, there he is, Kim Jong-un. And he, he slimmed down. You know, he's talking with Dennis Rodman, a hero. He's, uh, he's great. He's great. He's um. He called Trump a dotard that one time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's when he became a liberal darling. Do you remember that? Yeah. D- was he a liberal darling <laughs> after he called Trump a? Do- was were were people on the View talking about? Was Joy Behar like? Yeah, they're like, bring him out. Kim Jong Un. He is so- resistance member number one. Oh, Kim Jong Un. And what a snack, you know. <laughs> I could just. I don't know about you, Liz. Whoopi Goldberg is Kim Jong Un. Kim Jong. I'm not going to do a Whoopi. Oh, why not? I can't do a Whoopi impression. It's because it's not good. It's not good. It is good. You can do an impression uh, of a black woman just so long as it's a good, like Dennis's impression of CCH Pounder, and it's always sunny. He gets away with that because it's an uncannily good impression of CCH Pounder. (laughs) It's like it's unreal how good. (laughs) That's one of my favorite clips ever. And after Charlie and Mac are like, whoa, they're they're incredibly impressed. Uh, Dennis's CC, CCH founder impression. Damn it, Dutch! What other errands do you have us running for the DA? <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's so good. Uh, she was also part of the MCU. She she played Amanda Waller. She was great as Amanda Waller in the not the MCU, the DCAU, the DC animated universe, the good you, the the better the better superhero universe. Huh, okay, I mean, sure, dude. They're both. Bad, whatever, man. (laughs) Fuck you. No. Fuck you. Fuck you. Uh, Yeah, Kevin Conroy, he is the knight. He is vengeance. He seemed to really like being Batman, which was also nice. It it was like, it wasn't this. uh, Leonard Nimoy once wrote a book called I Am Not Spock because he was having such trouble. He, he was millennium actressing with Spock in the same way that Shia LaBeouf was millennium actressing (laughs) with Louis Stevens. 
Um, but it never happened with um, never happened with Kevin Conroy. He always saw like his ability to be Batman as like a gift, as like he he was Santa Claus. He was volunteering in a soup kitchen one time, and people were like. Hey, there's Batman in the soup kitchen, and he's. Uh, people are like, "No way, that's fucking Batman in the soup kitchen!" And then they hear out from the kitchen, "I am vengeance," and they're like, "That's it's Batman! It's the Bat!" <laughs> it's a, they didn't say that line back when he was doing the Batman show. No, they didn't say it's the Bat, but uh, they didn't say no. They didn't say I am vengeance. That's, no, he said I am vengeance. That, he, I thought that's new with the. Um, no, no, he was always saying I am vengeance. I am the. Ninja. I don't was Adam West saying I am vengeance. He, Adam West wasn't saying I am vengeance, but Kevin Con. <laughs> I am vengeance, old chum. I am. <laughs> get my get my anti vengeance bat spray. My vengeance bat spray. Uh. I can't do a good Adam West impression either. What can I do a good impression of? Nothing. Uh, British no. guy. Uh, a British guy. Gay guy. Gay guy. <laughs> High-pitched lady who's dumb. High-pitched lady who's dumb. Dumb guy like we're doing right now. Yeah. It's a dumb guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those aren't impressions, though. These are just broad archetypes. Well, you got to work uh, on it. It's like anything in life. you got to work on it. Uh, that's true. Maybe I will continue my Alexander Skarsgård impression. Did you see this Suki. amazing car, uh, plane crash video from, uh... <laughs> what? I'm so, not looking at plane crashes. What are you, Crash? What are um, you, J.G. Ballard's and David Cronenberg's Crash? So it's getting too... Is it Crash 2, where you've moved on from car crashes, and now you're jacking off to the Tenerife airport disaster? Yeah, it's plane crashes now. Um... Two plane, two World War II aeroplanes collided at a Dallas air show spectacularly. <laughs> oh my God! Six, only six people died. It's only six people died. Very low numbers here, folks. It's a, a, a crazy video. It's one of okay. the best videos of a of a uh, big explosive disaster because there's a narrator who's saying "Oh my God" and stuff like that. <laughs> Oh, no. Don't make me laugh did, at this horrible tragedy. Oh, my God. That did not just happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, what, how do you... Mid-air plane collision is like... It, it, were they in, like, biplanes? Were they in, like, single-person planes? One of them is, like, a World War II-era bomber, so a huge plane. And the other one is, yeah, yeah like a biplane. And the biplane just <laughs> runs smack into the side of it, and then they... Both start disintegrating and then they hit the ground in a huge explosion. And it's there's very low to the ground too, so there's no chance for ejecting. It's just like he, amazing, amazing video. A link in the description. What, what caused it? Just like pilot error? Yeah, they were drunk. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> allegedly, we do. Allegedly. We do seventy air shows for these yabos a year. I am getting fucking wasted. I'm getting in this. I'm getting in this hawker hurricane. <laughs> I'm getting in this fucking spitfire. Oh my god. Uh fucking uh yeah, I, I don't know I don't know if I've seen any horrifying disasters that can top that recently. Some real oh the humanity shit. Uh when that guy said oh you the man oh, oh the humanity mm-hmm. when when the when the Zeppelin crashed. Yeah. When when the Hindenburg crashed, man, he was he was low key popping off, man. He was well, like, did he know that that line would be preserved throughout all of history? I I think he was exaggerating because there were sur- there were some survivors to the Hindenburg. Where the, that's amazing. How how the fuck do you survive the Hindenburg? How do you do? I mean, what do you jump? Okay, I got the stats here. You got the Hindenburg stats? Yeah, thirty five people died. And 62 people survived. Wow. Okay. Hindenburg, so what we're learning today, Hindenburg, not so bad. People always talking about the Hindenburg as this big thing. It just looked really impressive yeah. is the thing. And this is not as impressive as the Hindenburg, but of course only six people died. So it's kind of, um, to get the bigger bang for your buck, more you have to have more casualties. Um, and in America, we live in a like a sort of a human sacrifice style right, yeah. religious society. I don't know if you're aware. Yeah, everyone is chanting all the time. Um, well, because of our religious beliefs, we can't um, get rid of the things that cause people to die frequently. So, and then like we look, cars, like yeah. cars, guns, drugs. We like to look at it on the on the TV and then say a prayer 
And that's because we live in a religious sacrifice community or society here. Uh, cool. You know, in the, in the original Marvel comics, uh, Thanos, who, who got famous with Infinity War, probably, which is one of the few, like, Marvel movies that I would say is, like, a decently good movie is Infinity War. It's like, and and a lot of that has to do with the, the fact that Thanos is has a good villain motivation because he sees everything needing to be balanced. He's like this Malthusian guy who's into population control, which is a very good villain motivation. Uh, but in the comics, his motivation is better and more comic-y because he is literally in love with death. He is in love with death as a concept and the anthropomorphized personified form of death. Like he writes love poems to her. He's like, he's really, <laughs> he is, it is a romantic reason. Aww. Thanos is a romantic in the comics. Aww. And I, it's almost like, but you're. You're absolutely right. It's like that with America. It's this people that have this uh, death drive who, who have turned their death drive into this uh, sacred form of communion uh, so that we constantly have to keep praising the things that. Yeah. That. And that's that's like sort of the criticism of Northman, the video, the movie, because yeah, he's just choosing to do violence instead of like having a family, which is which shitty. You could have forgot all of this, Northman. You could have had a family. Well, yeah, I mean, he basically... Like, you could have played it, baseball with your daughters. He makes a choice. It's like, I'm, I'm instead of starting a family with my beautiful wife that I have lucked into, I am going to go kill everyone. And then he dies, and it's like, well, that's shitty. But so. isn't that like the, the... It's a classic revenge trip. Revenge is never worth it. You know, you're always yeah. going to ruin your life over it. It's always... But that's the thing with Batman, is Batman's... Uh, Vengeance often seems to work out, right? <laughs> uh, at least in terms of his stated goal of like uh, capturing supervillains and and putting them in jail. Yeah, well, Batman never kills. Uh, he, yeah, he, he. Well, in some iterations, he. I I sort of like it when Batman kills. I think it's funnier. In the very first version of Batman, he does kill. He carries a gun in the very first version of Batman. Mm. Uh, that was later taken out um but uh i mean in the Zack snyder movie he shoots people uh which yeah, but, people really hated but the bullets with oh they're different they're bat bullets okay and they so they so they were little they, they were little, little bat bullets they were little bats okay <laughs> they were non-lethal because they're tiny little bats yeah it's you like know, they're made out of little flesh and bone yeah yeah it's little, little live bats yeah they it's don't... like getting hit with a six-week-old fetus yeah <laughs> Kind of, yeah. <laughs> Imagine if instead of bullets we use six-week-old fetuses. Damn, they take they the Democrats have taken it too far. <laughs> hey, would you like guns so much, Republicans? If instead of bullets we use six-week-old fetuses, but you didn't think about that scenario, but you didn't think about a future where where six-week-old fetuses will become more cheap than bullets. Huh? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And uh, and. We just put them into little cartridges, mm -hmm. and then if you every time you shoot, that's you having an abortion because they're still alive until you yeah. until, <laughs> until you press the trigger. We joke. They don't actually use those for bullets. They do use those for paintball, though. So that's what paintballs are made. <laughs> I saw a cra another crazy video. <clears throat> Besides the plane crash video, was a a uh, teacher breaking up a fight at a high school by shooting the kids with a paintball gun. <laughs> That's that's pretty extreme. Uh, uh, yeah. How bad was the fight such that it necessitated a paintball gun? It didn't look that bad. So okay, I kind of made me question this uh, administrators or teachers' judgment. Was this in America? Of course, it's in America. Well, because there are some places where casual violence towards <laughs> students is just a, a th like in Japan. How it's just a common thing that your teacher will throw chalk at your head if you're not paying attention. Hmm. Just like fly. it's interesting. I wouldn't fly with me. No. The mild assault. You you would get up from your from your Japanese high school and you'd be like, "Fuck you, man! I'm gonna become an, a Japan outlaw." Yeah, that would have become a samurai then. Would and you just... <laughs> you would have become a 1990 samurai, a, a 2000 samurai. Yeah. You would have become Guitar Wolf. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, I I. I don't know. Maybe uh, was there any casual violence done to me as a child 
No, you were just being read by candlelight uh, Arthurian legends. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I was in my garret. I was in I, on a bed of hay, and I was being read uh, legends of of Wayne the Green Knight of Wayne Knight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a that would be a great nineties uh, version of Gawain and the Green Knight is Wayne w- Wayne Knight. Knight and the Green Knight. Wayne Knight and the Green Giant. <laughs> sure. And it's you know the Green Knight and the Green Wayne. You know, yeah, you know the Green Giant from the um, the cans of peas. Yeah, yeah. That guy in Wayne Knight. Oh, oh, oh! I you think the big jolly Green Giant has like a big green dick? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he's got like a, how big do you think his penis is? And do you think it's like proportionally big? I would like say he's got like a like a or do you think he's like packing even for a giant? I would say like like imagine. 25 cucumbers yeah that that's the kind of just taped you know, t- together 25 cucumbers like taped five, together like a you take five cucumbers and then you arrange them pentagonally yeah and then another five and then another five and then another okay, five okay yeah and then yeah, yeah. Five. um that's what i imagine how tall is the jolly green jo- so you know what if what if he's just like what if he's just like uh, six foot three no he's some i think he's in the neighborhood of 17 you think feet? he's an actual giant you think he's he's jolly they don't specify any in any of that that he doesn't eat people you know what if he's just eating people constantly that's why he's so jolly all the time what um, if he's drunk the jolly green giant is 55 feet tall really yeah they have an actual number on that of course the Jolly Green Giant lore. Yeah, they should have. They should have taken advantage of Attack on Titan and done done an ad where it's the Jolly Green Giant peering over the walls of the Attack on Titan village or whatever. Well, let's see, <clears throat> how tall is Paul Bunyan? Uh, uh, <laughs> in honor of John Fetterman, we're talking about our largest boys. Oh. Our largest boys. Paul Bunyan's only seven feet tall. Paul Bunyan, that's, he got a whole legend out of him after being only shorter than the big show, shorter than the big show and big show. Well, I guess he is an American legend on par with Paul Bunyan. So that's a bad example. Well, he's Uh, not going around like doing miracles. Sure he is. He's, he's making kids happy at school. You know, that's not a miracle. That's a that's a little bit of a miracle. John Cena is, you know, he's granting make a wishes. Paul Bunyan did not grant one make a wish wish. <laughs> Attila the Hun, not one make a wish <laughs> honored, you know. Uh wait, yeah. Attila the Hun was a real guy. Why why am I mix, missing up mixing up my fictional my fictional characters? It's my fictional characters. You know, who are your favorite fictional characters? Mine will have to be the CIA that don't really exist. They're fictional. Um, what's this guy's name? Uh, Guillermo del Toro. He's he's fictional. He's fictional. Yeah. 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 He really is right. that really him at the beginning of each episode? Is that a, or is that an actor <laughs> they paid to portray him? It's an actor. Yeah, it's Shia LaBeouf and Guillermo del Toro makeup. <laughs> what a, you don't understand? He's a very, <laughs> he's a pear shaped man. Did you notice? Yes, he is a wonderful man. Yes, Guillermo del Toro. What you, I am attracted by the works of H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> <laughs> hey, my del Toro impression's not that bad, actually. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. We have to direct a movie that has a lot of Hispanic whimsy in it. Wait, he's he's Mexican, right? He's not from Spain, right? I don't, I don't know. I think he's Mexican, yeah. But uh, his, uh, his show is pretty good. He's just a producer. And then yeah, cabinet of but he's written a lot of the scripts. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's from it. Guadalajara. I like that. I like that show. I, you think maybe they'll make more of it? I hope they'll make more. I absolutely hope they'll make more of it and put it out every Halloween or not even not like it's also just like a great proving ground for like cool directors. Like the uh, the Mandy guy had a great segment in it. Uh, and uh, Vincenzo Natali, who did, you know, Splice, which is okay. I like Cube more. Cube is great. Uh, and he's a class. I loved Vincenzo Natali's segment with the rats, the fucking rats. That one was really scary to me. Mm. I find, like, caving, being buried alive, underground caverns, you know, not being able to move anywhere. That is the most, ooh, ooh. That is the most claustrophobic, awful shit yeah. to me. So that one I really got I didn't really get me. scared by any of them. Um 
<clears throat> I was scared by I was scared by uh, a Crispin Glover's period Boston accent in his. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that one was a low point for me. Here's what you do. This painting will make you go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the low point in the <clears throat> series for me. But I picked back up. Episode seven is my favorite. Um, uh, the the Mandy one. The seventies one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one with Charlie Nee and Eric Andre. Right. Yes. And they're going to uh, they're going to RoboCop's house. They're going to Peter Weller's house. That's right. And then he says he's discovered an alien, and the alien design's really cool in that one. <clears throat> yeah, the aliens are really badass. really good. Um, it's just got a great atmosphere. I think it's shot on some kind of special film because everything's real, giving off really cool. Um, what are those things called? Lens flares, all like constant lens flares. Yeah, that guy, the Mandy guy, is so interesting because his dad was a director. Um, I want to get his name. Panos Cosmatos, yeah. Oh, that guy's his, famous, right? Yeah. He, he, well, he's done two movies. He's done Beyond the Black Rainbow and Mandy, both of which are good, both oh, of which I would recommend. Maybe. Well, then who's his but dad? Because that name sounds His familiar. dad is George P. Cosmatos, who did Rambo, First Blood Part Two, okay. and Cobra. Yeah. And he was he was a director in his own right, but of these like violent, you know, uh, <laughs> evil eighties movies, <laughs> these ridiculously violent evil eighties movies. Well, well, he did a lot of other good stuff. He did Tombstone, which First is a great Blood, movie. You know, like you think First Blood's evil? Well, you know, in the way that those eighties Rambo. Well, First Blood one is not evil. First mm-hmm. Blood one is about you know. Uh, uh, a traumatized Vietnam vet- veteran killing cops. You know that's that's like but if, uh, you could interpret it as woke. Some some might interpret it as woke. Even the first first, <laughs> first blood. Yeah. Um, but you know the the next couple of movies descend fully into we're, we're going into the jungle and we're gonna kill. We're gonna do some imperialism. We're doing some imperialism by murdering people. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, it was the 80s. That was what it was all about. Um, it's in the same vein as Death Witch, which are these very right-wing action movies that were very popular in the 80s. Because, of course, right-wing action was popular. Even Dirty Harry is like... And Dirty Harry is a great movie. I love Dirty Harry. I love I love that, that series. I, I like the first Death Witch movie. They get progressively more, <laughs> more monstrous as they go on. Um... But, uh, yeah, it's funny how, like, it's also just funny how different this guy's style is to his father. Like, usually when you see the the, the children of famous authors or directors, there's, there's some continuity. Like, Stephen King's son, Joe Hill, writes pretty similar to Stephen King. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or even, like, David Cronenberg's son, Brandon Cronenberg, directs pretty right. similarly well, to his dad. We know that the Cronenbergs spawn asexually and... <laughs> he's 100 yeah. percent his father's genetic material so yeah you know there's no there's no genetic mixing that goes on which is why humans are so interesting because we we do genetic mixing mm-hmm. it's uh it's, it's all about the mix not talked about these days the genetic mixing yeah. no no one's talking about the genetic mixing it's like uh you know how you like you put some water and some cornstarch together and then they make a super interesting goo that you never had before and uh, that's what we do with humanity and mixing. Yeah, that's how they got the name Rue. It's like goo. Yeah, Rue rhymes with goo. That's what the French were. It was originally called goo, but spelled G-O-U-X. Mm-hmm. That's what the French... That's it. That's what Venom's name is in France. It's goo. <laughs> ah, we love goo. Here's the sexual. It's very sexual goo. Accent a goo. France, um, France actually invented... Uh, doing sex online you may not be aware really? of this yeah really yeah they had uh, one well, of the first they, they had an early form of the internet that was connected to their phones and so basically everyone had like a little computer terminal that hooked into their phones and you could do a nationwide free chat yeah and they uh invented doing sex over the phone like with the typing you know wait is this actually true yep sure it is <laughs> That's how horny they are. The first, they're they one of the first countries to get mass communication with each other, and they decided to do sex on it. Why do you think? Why are the French so horny? Let us diagnose the, the French horniness. 
What is it about that culture that is specifically enlivening to the nether regions? I think they're just like in, you have to be there because you're, they're in some kind of like dimensional intersection, you know, mm. and it just makes them horny. Yeah, I think if you just have that much, that much uh, wilderness, that much green pasture in your country, that's Dionysian. That shit is, you're growing wine all well, the time, that's you're going to get horny. That's all there because of the dimensional intersections. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. they know, we know why, we know why. You know, you just, you just have to know where to, to look to learn, to find out. Where to look to learn to find out. The more you know where to look to learn to find out when, and where looking and learning is good and one of those places you can look to learn to find out is patreon.com slash house of decline that's patreon.com slash h-a-u-s of decline you can get a bonus comic every day and an extra podcast every week it's been another wonderful episode alex thank you so much for joining me oh thank you so much for joining me thank you we're so both much. guests we're both guests of this podcast the host is you the listener